Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Max and Nathan from CrossFit Costa Mesa out of Costa Mesa, California. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for having us. Doing good. I'm excited to have you both here today and learn more about your CrossFit facility. Love talking CrossFit since that's what side of the industry I come from. But really, before we talk about the business here, tell tell me what was it that got you guys, you know, in the shoes of being gym owners? Uh, I was in. I've been in the industry for about 22 years. I've been in the public, private, strength conditioning world, and I really love the general population. And I really love Costa Mesa, California. It's probably one of the favorite, my favorite places that I've ever been. So I just wanted to set up camp there and really build a community inside that city. Nice. Yeah, and I've been a member of CrossFit Costa Mesa. Or I was a member for CrossFit Costa Mesa from 2011, essentially right at the in the first few years of the gym's inception and. Uh, the opportunity arose to to become an owner last year and uh, took took advantage and jumped right in. Wow. So both of you guys are sound like guys who are pretty passionate about health and fitness. And so you felt like this was the path for you. When we look at cross CrossFit Costa Mesa, what I would love for you guys to do right here is kind of give me your elevator pitch. You know, CrossFit boxes are all a little bit different. So I would love to hear more about the products and services that you have available for your clients at your facility. Uh, for me, my elevator pitch revolves around development as an individual and as a athletic and mental physical development inside of a, a world that in today's you know environment is constantly being bombarded and being able to find a little bit of peace and sanctuary for yourself inside of working out and a community. Yeah. I think for us, I think for me, uh, you know, people are always saying CrossFit is CrossFit is dangerous. Um, my big thing for us is that we uh, we're a gym that's focused on on warm ups and recovery, um, and our program is specifically developed to uh, make you feel like an athlete again. Yeah. So with that, you guys are really looking to develop people athletic athletically, but also like just in life. Um, and that's a huge thing. Like people don't really realize when you get into health and fitness, how much it can truly change all aspects of your life, physically, mentally, and beyond. Um, what kind of services do you offer? Is it just, you know, one kind of group CrossFit classes or class, or do you have kind of different options available for clients, depending on where they're at in their journey? Nathan, you go ahead and feel it. So we do have, uh, we do our normal CrossFit class. Um, and then we just started doing a fitness and goals evaluation. Uh, so it's an opportunity for someone that comes in that's, uh, new to CrossFit, or if they feel like they're maybe taking a break from CrossFit to kind of come in and discuss with us, uh, what they're looking to get out of it. Um, so we can kind of guide them, uh, into either some private training, um, or right into the group classes. Got it. So do you offer private training right now, or is that something that you kind of just feel out? Uh, we're kind of feeling it out right now. So since we reopened essentially in the last year, um, after all the pandemic stuff, uh, we are getting back into adding in more personal training, uh, with our coaches to, to give people, cause there is still a, a high demand for people to, to have that one-on-one -on -one touch. So we are adding that back in now. 
You know, yeah. but for our community as well, it's always been an issue to sell personal training one-on-one -on -one because we've always trained our coaches to be able to give a one-on-one -on -one environment inside of a group class. So we're really good at being able to scale, being able to give a personalized touch to an individual and still being inside of a group environment where even when our classes were 30 people deep, you would still feel like, oh shit, the coach came by and specifically made everything specific to me and helped me to get the best workout out of this you know and then we also really talk about this concept of group training isn't necessarily a bad thing you know we've been sold on personal training is the best thing for you but we actually get more data out of group training and so you know we can actually address the weakness of the group through the data that we get so then hey if i tend and i don't I, if i tend to predominantly program too much weightlifting and all of a sudden we realize our mile times are going down well shit we all suck at running you know we all need work on that so there's there's a lot of pros and cons inside of a big group environment and getting that type of data but yeah we do we do offer personal training but it's always been something where our coaches are just so good that sometimes it's like well why would i pay that when i get the same attention inside of a group environment yeah i i agree with you and i think that it should always be that way i think our coaches in this crossfit setting should always be providing such good one-on-one -on -one quality of service during the workouts, because CrossFit is something that can be highly scaled depending on where you're at in your journey. And so our coaches should be doing that. But when we look at the business as a whole, there's definitely a need out there for people who want personal training. And so it's something that can help us kind of scale and grow our business because there might be somebody out there that's looking to lose 10 pounds at, in a certain time frame, And like, with personal training, that's a little bit more attainable. They're able to, you know, really scale, create a workout for them, help them with nutrition, help them with accountability, give them that coaching that they need to get there. And so that's why I love personal training as an add-on because there's definitely people who would thrive better in that environment. Um, oh yeah. And everybody truly needs personal training. Everybody yeah. needs like, Hey, you got to work on your, your pull up or, Hey, you got to work on your movement or, Hey, you got to work on your nutrition. And then also too, like killing, killing down hours inside the gym, right? There's a lot of downtime inside of a CrossFit gym and personal training allows for those hours to be filled. It allows for the gym to stay alive, basically 12, 14 hours a day instead of six or seven hours a day. Yeah. And so you said that like, it's something that you guys have kind of, you're, you kind of have struggled to sell personal training because people see it as, okay, well, I'm getting this quality of service in the group class. So why do you personal training? Is there any other reasons why you feel like personal training hasn't been something that you've been able to like really grow and scale to this point yet? Yeah, because we didn't address it at point of sale. So now that we're, we're addressing it at point of sale and in the beginning, you know, now it's something where it's, it's more readily available. And so now as you're coming in, you're like, oh shit, you know what? I don't feel comfortable to go into a group class or you know what? I do want a little bit more personalized attention to my development and to my nutrition. So I'm willing to put a little bit of extra money into it and a little bit of extra time into it. Whereas before that was never presented at point of sale. Yeah, do you guys have an intro program at all for people who are like completely new to CrossFit um, that they have to filter in through or how does that work? 
Yeah, we make them work out outside, and then when they're ready to come inside, we let them come. No, no, that was that was the old way of doing it. That was the old way of doing it. Now, before when we trained at my garage, you had to train on the slope, and then once you were predominantly okay and safe, you were allowed to come inside the garage where there was other people inside the environment. Um, and you you learned quick because you didn't want to work out on the slope anymore. So uh, no, oh go ahead, that's intense. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a class like a beginner class or do do you have like a personal training program that your beginners have the option of going through before they feel comfortable hopping in and learn you know they already know the clean they already know how to like clean they already know how to snatch like do you have anything like that or we don't so we have basically brand new which is um we, we were doing an onboarding um but we have we uh evolved that into the fitness and goals evaluation uh, for a chance to basically let them come in, kind of almost get a movement assessment. Let's see how you move. Can you squat? Um, you know, can you do a push up? Can you do a pull up? And then going from there to say, okay, well, you can, you're going to go into, which now is kind of an upsell is to, you can go into like two more sessions, one-on-one with a coach to kind of develop that. Um, or, Hey, maybe one more session we'll go over. Maybe you can clean, but you can't deadlift. We'll go over that in the next class and then we'll, you know, you can head into our group classes. Um, so kind of figuring out a way to, to filter those people out that really do need the extra attention. Um, Cause I mean, I, you know, back when we started, we had people show up and they're like, yeah, I've done CrossFit before. And they get in a class and I'm like, they're trying to just do a, a clean or a press or something. I'm like, I don't know where you did CrossFit, but I don't, I don't know what this is. So yeah, we're definitely trying to filter some of that out for obvious reasons for, for their benefit and, you know, for safety and everything like that. Yeah, I think like it's great for our clients because we're kind of setting them up for success. But then when we look at it from a business standpoint, we're giving them this consultation and then we're trying to sell them into an additional product that's bringing in a little bit more money than just a normal membership. And um, they don't always see it as, ah, I'm going to spend an extra whatever your price is. They see it as, oh, like I'm going to be set up for success so that when I go into this class, I'm not, you know, scrambling and embarrassed because I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, In the and past. I- in the past, we had we had done things where we had done uh, like onboarding as a group. And then we've also done it to where, so like now it's almost morphed into a hybrid where we've done, where it was like, Hey, you have to do three to six personal training sessions. Then you can come into a class. So we've done both in the past. Like we've had kind of like an A and B testing, if you will. And what we're finding now is that the consultation, yeah, it takes a little time for us, but it also provides a little bit more like a little more intimacy. There's a little bit more care there. And there's some people that don't even want to show up to work out. They want to just come and see the environment. And so that's something that Nathan's added in recently, like a non-sweat consultation. Hey man, just come in. If you want to just come and talk, let's talk and then let's move from there. You know, there, we want you to get in and work out, but whatever makes you comfortable, because again, there's a stigma to CrossFit or there's a stigma to working out. And then some of the times you have to break that barrier. A lot of people feel very uncomfortable to come to a gym. Yeah. And I think like, it's great for, for us because we can kind of use it as like, well, a goal setting consultation. So we get to know them we ask them what their goals are and instead of showing them the entire gym we're kind of telling them how we can help selling them on how we can help them reach their goals 
Um, and that's what people want to hear. They don't want to see your barbells and the new fancy rig that you have. They want to know that you guys are going to be able to help them get to whatever their goal is. Um, mm -hmm. and I, and I, I love that you guys are, you know, doing the no sweat intro. You're doing this kind of come in and evaluate where you're at. I think it's so important, um, but kind of want to move on from that. Um, pre before the podcast started here, we we're talking about, you know, you guys are kind of rising up from a crappy couple of years. Um, and so right now, when you look at your current membership base, how many members do you have? We're sitting on 70 members. Okay. Is that a place where you guys feel comfortable business wise, or do you need to hit the gas, help more people get more faces in the door? We need to hit the gas and get more faces in the door, mostly just for the livelihood of the gym, right? Like it's been, it's been uh, surviving for the last two years, you know, for a year, it was like 35 people that were like nomads going to other gyms that were my interns and allowed us to kind of house ourselves in there as we were trying to get inside of a facility. And then we had a year of dealing with the city where we couldn't really advertise and push for people to start coming in because then we would have suffered of other problems as well. So the, the gym needs a little more life. You know, it's at that stage where, yeah, the, the business side of it, yeah, we're breaking even, we're making a little bit of money, but for the, just the life of the gym, it needs more. It needs more. And that's my, my take on it. Yeah, definitely. Are you both like, is this your full-time gig for both of you or do you have other jobs? No, this is uh, before it used to be that way. This was our full-time gig, but because of the way everything worked out now we both have other jobs as well um but we still manage and operate the gym like i i coach still this morning you know we're owner operators so we still coach we're still inside there and i don't think we'll ever move away from that because we want to be a part of the community right the the number one reason for us to be involved with it i don't know maybe nathan has some different one um but is specifically to be part of the community of costa mesa yeah I think that that's such a vital, vital thing. And I love when people like owners are really involved in the business. Um, is it like, do you guys eventually want to be able to steer away from your other jobs? Like, do you want this to be like your true one venture that you're doing or what kind of role do you see yourself playing in the future? On the contrary, I think we're going to actually just keep keep uh, getting more jobs. So me and Nathan have kind of a, a vision of a conglomerate of different opportunities that we can do together. And inside of the, the income that we make from the gym, imagine that we save it. And then we, we go out onto another adventure, whether that's, you know, supplements, buying the, the laundromat next door, whatever it may be. But um, this is just a stepping stone for us to move into more of entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I think like if you can get the gym to like a super profitable, like you guys are making a lot of money from the gym, it's going to make that real that idea of multiple businesses down the road even more realistic because um, you know, the more money we're making, the more money that we can spend on other things, the more comfortable our life is. Um, so when you look at your 70 members right now and the idea of stepping on the gas, welcoming more people in, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process right now? Where are you finding new members? Right now, um, I mean, we invested in getting our website finally redone and been about 
10 years since the website's been redone. <laughs> so uh, we do have a lead funnel on there to bring them in. And then it's just a matter of contacting them immediately, getting them in. And this is where we've kind of evolved with the fitness and goals evaluation, getting them in for eval, getting them into a free trial if they have CrossFit experience um, and trying to uh, make those touch points happen as quick as possible and making sure that the follow-up's there. So really, I think in the past, there's been a lot of, uh, well, there hasn't been a lot of contact with people as they've come in. So, you know, people have come in, great, they did a workout. Hey, come back, come back next week. And then that person's gone. Um, so now it's just a matter of staying on top of leads, you know, daily, weekly as needed to, to make sure that those people are coming back in. If they have questions, they need something else. Um, Cause that's where we, I feel like we had had lost a lot of business in the past. Yeah, I think a lot of us do that, right? We offer mm -hmm. CrossFit, the three-day free trial or whatever is super common. So we offer this. We have somebody come in for maybe two days in a row and then they're sore and they don't want to come back and then they ghost us and they never mm -hmm. ever come back. And it needs to fall on us. It's our fault. We're not following up with them. Um, we're not nurturing them. We're not providing them with the value that they need to see that, oh, well, like, let me come back. This could change my life. Um, and so a lot of us lose people in that process. Um, and so you said that, you know, you're working on the, you redid the website, you created a lead funnel on the website. And I think that that's great for people who are looking for us. If they're Googling CrossFit gym near me, they're going to find you. They're going to go to your website. They're going to fill out the form. Um, but are you doing anything else to reach other people in your community who aren't necessarily Googling CrossFit gym? Yeah, we're, we're doing a bunch of different stuff. You know, we're playing with uh, going to local events, setting up a tent, uh, like if there's like a 5k or things of that nature going and providing a warm up or a cool down, um, just getting our face out into the community, going to um, uh, charity events as well. Uh, we also too are just getting better at lead nurturing. So then when somebody actually does reach out to us, really kind of massaging that and getting that, that going, that, that interaction, as well as the connection of members that are already there building out like an affiliate program or like a, a referral program, if you will. Uh, we're, we've been playing with a lot of different things and we do change our, um, our, let's say our advertisement or our price for our members to, to incentivize them either to pay for six months or bring in a member or, so we're using an external way of uh, funneling people to us. We're using a, a visual way of people to come to us. And then we're also using our existing member base to kind of connect to as well. Uh, we also do social media. We put out, you know, pictures. We, we do that, that kind of stuff, like pooping on the internet um, to put out information. We are going to develop more of a, um, uh, online programming for, you know, I get a lot of people that reach out to me specifically for just kind of like a, a weightlifting program or a bodybuilding program or a 12 week program, not necessarily um, uh, a day to day program, but something right. that they can actually tangibly have like a PDF. Uh, so we're going to move towards something like that as well. But outside of that, uh, we don't really do a lot of advertising. 
Um, we've looked into some local magazines and things of that nature, um, but we haven't put any money into, you know, Facebook or Instagram or anything like that to pull from the local community. But also, too, I think we got to hone in our lead, our lead nurturing. And once we get all that running on point, then I would feel more comfortable with, OK, well, let's let's bring in 50 to 60 people and ensure that we don't lose them. Yeah, that's a big, big piece of it. Um, and I think that like, it's important for us to really hone in on the process of lead nurture while simultaneously really honing in on the process of bringing the leads in. If we don't have the leads coming in, we don't have any leads to nurture. Um, so you said, you know, doing a lot of guerrilla marketing, getting out in the community, going to events, showing face, some word of mouth with referrals, um, and some social media stuff. Talk to me about the social media side of things. Like, has that been something that has proven to bring in quality leads for you or is it kind of hit or miss? I think it's like hit or miss. I think it's nice for our community to see themselves. I think it's a great um, like soundboard for us to put out our message and truly. So if you're wondering what we do and what separates us from other gyms, you know, you look at, look at our member base. We're mostly, you know, married individuals. We don't really have our shirts off. We all have kids. Um, you know, we're all somewhat fit, but we're not, we're not very egotistical. Like there's a, there's a story there and there's an image there that if, if you're looking for a family gym, that's us, right? And and so that's something we don't have a lot of scandalous pictures of women in booty shorts. Like there's a there's a specific message that we're putting out, and we do tend to get that back to us. And then if people are looking around, we do find that oh hey, I looked at your Instagram, and then I looked at so and so's Instagram, and I you seemed a little bit less um, I don't know really nice way to say it, but less egotistical. Um, so that in that sense, it has been kind of helping us. Does it draw us new business? I, I would say no. Yeah. And so when we look at that right now with your social media, you're reaching your current audience, um, and the friends of your current audience. So if you, one of your clients shares something that you post, you're going to reach their friends. Have you guys ever considered in this kind of period of growth ever considered running any sort of digital ads? Because other gym owners that I talk to, that's something that I've seen people really benefit from. And personally, at the CrossFit gym that I worked at, um, that helped us. So is that something that you guys have considered? Absolutely. Um, I have done it in the past. And the one thing that I had done because it was only me and one other individual was not being able to keep up with the leads. So that's really where right now for me, it's like, yeah, I want to hone in this, this lead process, this lead nurturing. And then I would love to turn on the drip um, to bring in people from Facebook or Instagram, specifically Facebook. I feel like Facebook in the past has brought me a lot of good quality local leads that allowed me to attack my 10 mile, 30 mile radius, technically 10 to 15 miles from us. Yeah. And something that's really cool about the, the idea too, you keep bringing up the idea of like, you really want to make sure that you can nurture your leads. Are you guys hand texting and calling every single person or is it kind of automated? We're building out the automated system. Now we moved from Zen planner, which we had an automated system. Um, and then we went into Wattify and then we're starting to build that out. And then once we build that out, we'd feel comfortable with really attacking that. And for us, it's kind of a learning curve because um, one, we have other jobs. And then two, it's really what we want that message to look like, right? So what does, 
what does the the lead nurturing really look like? What's the touch points? What what texts are we going to send? What information are we going to send? You know, inside of the seven days of the free trial, let's offer them a four day, hey, half off your first month if you pay now type of deal. Like what advertisement or what are we going to offer them halfway through? So that way they go ahead and join. You know, we don't have to wait the full seven days. Um, things like that. What is going to be that process? And then how do we build the SOP to hand that off to somebody else? So then we're not the ones that are always having to do it. Or if we start getting a, a bigger number, we can actually have other coaches do this as well, where it's just not me and Nathan or Nathan and Jillian. And, and it kind of allows for more people to be involved in it. Yeah. Um, and so are you hoping to have somebody come in to be able to kind of do all of that stuff as you guys kind of continue to move on on your business ventures? Little both, little both. Like if, if the price point is right and then at the same time learning, learning, I know Nathan looked into a couple different programs where he liked it and he's looking like he's going to reach out to them and perhaps purchase something like that. Or in that process too, he realized, Oh shit, I can do this too. And I'm curious of what that looks like. How do, how do I develop it? And so I think, um, and Nathan could tell me right or wrong, Nathan's new at, you know, he's really good at operating and running businesses, but he's never ran a gym before. And now he's learning on certain things. And I think he goes back to this like youthful way of like, oh shit, I want to learn this. And then I get excited. I'm like, great, he's learning this. So then we're all kind of, you know, back to, 20 years ago for me. So I, I really enjoy that part of it. Um, it maybe slows us down, but at the same time, it makes me excited. Yeah. Last kind of loaded question I have is if I were to hand you guys a magic wand and said, all right, you know, all your dreams and goals for CrossFit Costa Mesa have come true. You've, you've reached everything that you've ever wanted for this business. What would that picture look like for you guys? You want me to start, Max? You go ahead, Nathan. <laughs> Um, for me, I would say that we are, I mean, obviously that, well, I would say that we're able to support our coaches, um, in creating actually sustainable careers for them. Um, and that we have the business running so that if Max and I are gone or, you know, then I don't mean gone for, for, for good. I just mean like, if we were to say, take off for two weeks, the gym's going to run on its own. There's not going to be any issues. We have everybody in place. We have the systems in place. Um, and the gym is a strong enough community to kind of keep moving without us. Um, so for me, I really want the gym to be a living and breathing organism on its own. Um, that, you know, that does all the things it's profitable. It's making changing people's lives. Um, but we, hit that point at one point, like a, a level point where the, the gym was its own living, breathing thing. And we've kind of got away from that. So I think if we get to the point where, um, where we're at that point again, um, it would be really good for all of us and our community as well. Um, especially the ones that have been with us for, for so long and seen all the evolutions. Yeah. What do you guys feel like you have to focus on right now to make all of that a reality? Like what are some of the biggest things that you really need to focus on? I think it's growth. Um, I think we need more, I think we need more people in, um, to be able to start building out the systems that we need. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we need to figure out ways to util utilize our time the best and our, and our strengths the best to, to help the gym grow. 
um, to help the gym grow and be able to do that. Yeah. You know, Nathan brings up a good point. He was talking about at one time the, the gym was a living, breathing organism, but the gym itself was never set up for success. It would always, it was always ran on loans and borrowing money from the previous owner and the growth and the overhead never was sustainable for the overall um, actual people that were working it, you know, the, the true reality of where the gym was going to go, whether COVID or not, it was going to move from that location where it was, it was going to have issues and it was never, the future was never really attained and it was never actually attacked. So that way it would never like perish. And so my goal would be to build out a gym to where it's sustainable to the point of where it can reproduce itself. So then if suddenly we bring in, in the past, you know, we teach people, we educate them, we can offer them the ability to run their own gym and we can offer the ability to buy it and produce that for them. And then now they're their own owner underneath CrossFit Costa Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. All of that are great focuses to really like hone in on um, and get you to the point where this is super sustainable. You can really develop your staff to the point where like, if they do want to have their own gym one day, we're, we're teaching them everything right so that they can do that. Um, and not many gyms are doing that. They're just throwing their coaches in there and telling them like, hey, fish on your own. And that's that's really it. Um, so I really admire that quality about you guys. Um, what is the Instagram or Facebook page for your gym? Where can our listeners go to find you guys? Uh, Instagram is at CrossFitCostaMesa.com and Facebook is at CFCostaMesa. Okay, perfect. Thank you guys for being here today, yeah. for sharing your insight. It was truly a pleasure having this conversation with you. And I think our listeners can really learn a lot from everything that we discussed. Um, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Johnny from Warhorse Fitness Center in Temecula, California. What's up, Johnny? How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What kind of sparked this idea? What's the, what's the backstory there? Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, so I've been involved in fitness as long as honestly I can remember. Um, my dad started me like lifting weights when I was 11 years old. So it's always been a huge passion of mine. My dad did competitive powerlifting. My older brother did. It's been a whole family thing. Um, so for me, it's been a passion. I worked in the fitness industry most of my career. Um, and then when COVID, whoa, sorry. That's of okay. Course. <laughs> of course, I get a phone call literally right as we're doing this. Um, that's always how it goes. Uh, so no, uh, but yeah, so right when COVID hit, I actually lost um, 
basically like my my job obviously we closed down every almost gyms nationwide closed down the place that i was working at i was the gm i was running the facility uh when i came back from covid the owner basically told me hey i can't afford you um so i can't bring you back on uh so at that point i kind of needed to do some reassessing of like what do i want to do with my career at the time my wife and i uh where, you know, we had an apartment. So all of a sudden we went from like making money to not. Um, so it's a whole thing. Um, but in the end, my father-in-law and I talked and he's always wanted to own his own gym too. So he was like, Hey, let's just bite the bullet and let's just do it. Circumstances kind of have forced the, our hand, but, uh, let's just jump in as green as we are and let's figure this out. So yeah, that's where it started. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And it's interesting because there were so many gyms that closed because of COVID, you know, over 40% of gyms closed because of COVID. But on the flip yeah. side of that, there were so many that opened because yeah. of it as well. You know, a lot of yeah. people were put into positions where it was like they lost their other income. And this is always something that they wanted to do. And yeah. it just kind of made sense at that point, like, well, might as well try it you know? Yeah, um, exactly. so there were so many gyms born because of COVID one way or another. And a lot of people that lost their gyms at other gyms, lost their jobs rather at other gyms ended up just opening their own. So it's interesting totally. to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, so as far as your business model goes, how do you structure things within the facility? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones kind of walk us through what that all looks like? Yeah, so the way Warhorse Fitness works is we are a private, semi-private, and class-based training facility only. Uh, so at this point in time, we don't do any open gym. We don't do like a normal gym membership that you can just pay and train whenever you want. Uh, we only do private, semi-private, or classes, like I said. But we also do private contract out to personal trainers. Um, so we actually, in, in a sense, almost like subletting, um, but in a sense, we basically have private contractors come on that pay us a rent that then they can train their own clientele out of the facility. Um, and then we, obviously I have my own clientele. My father-in-law has his own clientele. Um, so we set it up in such a way that there's times of the day that are open for any trainer to train. They can come in, we can have up to two, three, four trainers at a time in the facility. Um, but then there's also times if someone wants to train classes, uh, they can kind of get approval on a schedule ahead of time that like, Hey, I'm cutting out this chunk of time, uh, so that I can train my 12 people or whatever it be. And, uh, then we put up like a calendar basically that consistently updates so that everyone knows, Hey, this is when I can train, or this is when this class is going on and so on. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And how many clients or members are you serving overall within the facility? So that's where we're a little bit different because we actually don't charge a membership to our trainers. So, or their clientele, their clientele, they're allowed to train, charge their clientele, whatever they want. Um, and then they keep 100% of that and they pay us a monthly rent at the end of the month. And that's it. Um, so we actually don't charge their members to have a membership. We wanted it very set up in a way uh, to help trainers uh, basically run their own business. So I didn't want to double dip into their profit. I mean, it's totally fine that other gyms do, uh, but I didn't want to do that. And um, I also wanted a place to help springboard other fitness enthusiasts to get to be able to open their own gym. Um, so, uh, that's where I set it up on purpose that basically they don't pay us a, a, a membership. Like I said, the trainer just pays us 
their monthly rent, quote unquote. And uh, then we have our own clients that pay us directly. I set my own pricing, my father-in-law sets his own pricing. Um, so that's basically the way we work it. Um, so right now I have like about personally, I think 10 to 12 clients that I train. Um, and then my father-in-law, I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> but he trains some people as well. Um, and then we have, right now we have four trainers, personal trainers, privately training out of the facility. And we're looking at and talking to one or two other more that are interested in possibly stepping on board. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. so that's kind of like, like a barbershop model is kind of like, yes, what we exactly. That yep. Okay. And how are you going about acquiring new clients at this point? What does that look like? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do so that people know that you exist and the services that you offer? Yeah, I think honestly, that's like the hardest part of yeah. any small new business, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, basically, we're doing what I would say is like the very, the very basics. Obviously, we don't have investors. We're self-funded, so we fund everything ourselves. My father-in-law still works a full-time job. I actually worked part-time for a very long time still um, while training at the facility. Um, so we do basic uh, social media posts, uh, posting on social media, posting in groups in our area on social media. Um, we put on a fitness expo at our facility, um, like a small one for Temecula and Marietta. Obviously we're not a big like fitness expo, but like, you know, <laughs> for like local, local and small businesses and things yeah. like that. Um, we've reached out and tried to partner with some local like meal prep companies, some supplement companies to try and get the word out there. Um, and doing some, now we're actually starting to do a little bit more, um, like outside events that aren't at our own facility, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just actually talked to Temecula's chamber of commerce. Uh, we're looking at getting involved with them. Um, and they have a bunch of events and, uh, they can kind of help us. We talked with them directly. They can kind of help us even with more social media marketing strategies, um, things like that. But when your budget is small, you kind of have to do more like grassroots, get out there in the community type, type events. So that's what we've been kind of trying to do. Got it. Okay. So up until this point, has it been mostly kind of organic ways yes. of generating? Okay. Yes, absolutely. And so you've, you've not yet tapped into like the, the paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature. Absolutely. No, not at all. And okay. I honestly, to be honest, I don't even know where to begin. That's like the next thing that I kind of have to like take over and try to learn yeah. or, or hopefully get more involved with that group <laughs> that you guys right. are <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lead generation is typically the biggest issue for gym owners, you know, yeah. across the board, whether you've been open for two months or 10 years, you know, yeah. a lot of times trying to figure out exactly what it is that gets the right people in the door on a consistent basis is the most challenging part. Um, totally. But also one of the most important skills that you can learn as a business owner, not even just within fitness, within any industry, how to feed the business at the drop of a hat with quality leads when you need them, you know? Um, and, you know, one thing that I always love, actually, hold on, let me back up. What, what is your offer that you're putting out there when you are advertising, when you are getting the word out there? Is it some type of like Incentive. consultation or class or session yeah. or what does that look like? 
Yeah, so it's a free session. So we offer first free sessions for uh, anybody, obviously, on their first visit. You can't use it multiple times, but uh, one time uh, free session. Um, and that's for basically any style of fitness that our facility is offering. So like personally, I do personal training. Um, I have one other trainer that she does a boot camp style fitness. My father-in-law actually trains boxing and American freestyle MMA out of the facility. Um, so he's more like the martial arts self-defense side of things. So for all of those, we offer a free uh, session before we lock you into anything, basically. Got it. Okay. And do those typically convert well when people come in, they do a free se free session? Are they typically converting into some type of paying client? As of right now, we have about anywhere, depending on the month, obviously, um, if we get them in the building, we have about a 70% conversion rate, which isn't okay. too bad. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. I want it to be better, but um, we have a pretty good conversion rate there. Our problem is, is getting the online lead that comes in to actually come into the facility. A lot of yeah. the time you, you get a lot of the like, oh, I'm super interested. Let me book a session. I roll in, I'm ready to go and they don't show. And then I call them or I text them and I get sent to voicemail, I get ignored and then I'm ghosted. And I'm like, well, I'll reach out to you two or three times. And then I'm going to not, I'm not going to keep bugging you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to chase you. Right. So, um, so that's more, I think where, where we're struggling and also just the amount of leads that come in, uh, to be honest, it's not where we would all want it to be. Um, right. but that's because we're, we're figuring this out. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the lead nurture process is one that a lot of companies don't have, you know, over 80% of companies report that they have no systems in place for lead nurture, you know? So it's like, of course you can have all of these leads, but if they're not actually coming in the doors, then it really doesn't make a difference, you no. know? Yeah. Um, and it can be challenging because it typically takes a lot of your time you know, yeah, it does. reaching out to these people on a consistent basis. A lot of times it takes like seven or eight touches for somebody to actually respond and communicate with you and actually show up, you know, mm -hmm. but on your end of things as the business owner, mm -hmm. that's not the only task that you're focused on. Right. And no. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. And a lot of times that kind of falls through the cracks because it's like, you just don't have the time or the energy to be able to put into it. You yes, know, and totally. it's like, okay, well, if this person doesn't respond the second or third time, like, all right, see ya, you're not very serious, right? Um, so <laughs> it yep, can be challenging it, so. <laughs> to get those people in the doors. And then especially if you don't have a lot of like a large pool of people that you're pulling from initially, it can be frustrating as well, you know. Um, so that's definitely a very common issue and they go hand in hand, you know, it's like lead generation is the first thing. And then you've got lead nurture to get them to actually show up. Uh, so two things that most gym owners, most personal trainers do struggle with. So you're definitely not alone there. Um, now, as far as goals go for the business, what, what are the goals? What's, what's the big picture? Where would you like to take the business ideally? What would you like the business to do for you rather? Absolutely. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, that's something with business. My father-in-law always talks about, we both, you know, we both have a vision board, right? Like, that's what you have to do, especially when you're partners, you want to make sure that you're on the same path of where you want to go and where we're going. We always, uh, he uses an example cause he's very martial artsy, but I think it's a good one that like, 
business in a way with business you have to be like water where it flows that doesn't mean that you don't have a plan it just means as you go the plans continue to shift and move and change so one you know you may have a plan for the business for six months and all of a sudden be like oh, okay let's shift focus just slightly so it's the ebb and flow of what's going to make the business succeed um so for our goals as of now those could change but as of now the goal is um to build a community i think that's a big one that we really want um we want to get to the point where uh the facility itself is um a home for everybody that's a member our trainers everyone has on the same page we all have the same goal and the same uh idea and ideology about fitness um as far as like actually being lucrative um that side is more we do want to scale it to the point where we can kind of take a step back um and be more absentee owner um, not that we don't want to be there, you know, I, I want to work out at my own gym, but at the same time, the day to day running of the facility, um, and being there all the time, <laughs> right. uh, you know, is something that eventually we'd like to get the business to where it's, it's kind of growing and running itself. And we hire someone to put in that place. Um, we've talked about possibly trying to scale to having five locations long-term, um, each one will be a little bit different right now. We're at a small facility. So really focusing on um, like small tight knit group. And then maybe the second one, making it bigger, more of like uh, my style powerlifting gym, third one, more his style, martial arts style gym um, and kind of doing them all a little bit different, but uh, doing five locations long-term and seeing how that goes. And then if that goes well, possibility of moving to France franchising, but that's, that's 10 years in, you know, in the making. So, mm -hmm. so we're not unrealistic. It takes a very freaking long time to get there, but that's kind of the thought process we're having at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And there are so many gym owners who would like to get to that position of freedom, essentially, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like having the business be able to take care of itself, but still having your finger on the pulse of the business. Right. Exactly. And and being able to kind of be there when you want to be there. Like if you want to jump in and teach some classes, then cool, but it doesn't rely on you on a exactly. day basis. You know, you're not there yes. 16 hours a day. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the goal. We want it to be able to provide <laughs> us with a little bit of freedom, both financially and just time-wise, you know, so that you can spend time with your family and, and have the business running, not being there a hundred percent of the time. Um, exactly. so that, that tends to be the, the dream scenario. Um, so now what do you think needs to happen for you to be able to get there sooner rather than later? Where are you directing most of your attention within the business to make that happen? Um, I would say we're directing the attention to, uh, Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> It's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would say um, trying to figure out uh, ways to get more foot traffic and people knowing that we're there. So raising awareness, I think, is something that we're really trying hard to do, um, especially, I mean, there's a million gyms everywhere. There's always tons of gyms. So um, Temecula is no different. There's gyms on every street corner. Um but because we're small, we have to uh, really focus on our community. And I think that's a big thing that we try to strive is that we're, we don't act corporate. We're not salesmen. Uh, we're not going to be pushy when you come in and push the sale. We're not going to 
our motto is check your ego at the door. So if a trainer comes in and acts like a, a douche, I'm going to kick him out. Like, right. yeah. so we're, we're very, we're very strict on that. And that's something that I think we're really focusing on. So I think that can help us grow. But I think the main thing for us is realistically, we need to get more trainers in the door. Um, because for me, if I get more leads right now, my trainers, uh, are pretty much fully booked. So, um, which is great, but when I get new leads, I do forward them to, you know, my trainers, um, if they don't work for my schedule, which I'm pretty much fully booked right now too. So, um, especially with the new baby and everything. So, uh, but, uh, so I kind of forward most of my stuff to my coaches. Uh, so I would say more coaches though, because for us, for me and Tim to be able to my coach, my business partner, sorry, his name's Tim, to be able to step away more, um, we need more revenue coming in, which would be from the trainers. If I get more leads, I'm going to be taking on more clients, which means more hours for me working, uh, not less. So I would say it's more trying to make the space appeal to trainers um, more so than just a standard gym goer that wants to pay $10.99 to work out. So that's right. kind of what we're trying to figure out and walk the fine line of like, how do we keep it aesthetic? Because we are trying to be a boutique fitness gym. We're bougie, but right. at the same time have uh, enough equipment and good equipment that, you know, trainers see the appeal. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, along those same lines, so obviously value is important there providing a high level of service and a lot of value to the clients that you do have which yes. in turn you know if we're providing more value we're able to charge more so that allows us to work with less people work less hours but either make the same amount of money or more that's yes. ideal um do you provide any other levels of service within the business that provide that higher level of service to your clients, but then also allow you to either charge more or provide another stream of revenue for the business, whether that be through nutrition, accountability, supplementation, anything of that nature? Yeah, so we do. Uh, so we offer, um, well, in a sense. Uh, so I, myself, I have my, uh, nationally accredited just nutrition cert. So obviously I don't go super in depth with the nutrition, uh, right. but I will, you know, set up someone's macros and give them like dietitian help in that sense. Um, and, uh, give them advice. We do have accountability with all of our trainers. They all contact their people. Um, most of my trainers have their nutrition cert. So they work on nutrition on that side as well. And that's where I'm saying now is kind of where we're just starting to, um, try to kind of partner with some meal prep companies to help with that mm -hmm. um, and get like my coaches some like discount codes for them and their clientele um, and then we recently just started talking with a supplement company about getting some supplements possibly in the facility right there so we're kind of then a one-stop shop you know it's like hey we have coaches uh, they can help you with your nutrition on top of that, you can get meal prep here or get a discount code to get meal prep. And then you can also get supplements all in one place. Yes. We haven't implemented that yet, um, but it's something we're hoping and moving forward with slowly in the next few months or so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you're thinking in that direction because that's something that a lot of people don't think about is keeping it under the same roof. You know, people have different spending wallets, you know, it's like, they're going to spend money on different products, different services. When they start working out, it's like, okay, well now I've started to work out and now 
they're more interested in their nutrition, right? And whether they're spending money with a dietitian or a nutritionist or a meal prep company, chances are they're going to spend some money there trying to figure that out. So yeah. keep that under your roof, you know? And then it's like, they start working out. And then a lot of times people start with like a protein powder, right? It's like, okay, well now I need to get a protein powder. So yeah. keep that under your roof. Then they want branched chain amino acids. You know, it's like, okay, keep that under your roof so that you can offer all of these higher levels of service and upsell your clients into those services. Um, providing more value under your roof, which mm -hmm. gets your client better results, but then also generates more revenue for the business, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's also the retail aspect as well. You know, people want to spend money on the latest workout attire, you know, it's like, okay, if we can keep that under our roof as well, that's a, another level, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are multiple levels that we can keep in house and provide that value in that high level of service, but then also in turn generate more revenue for the business. So yeah. definitely on the right path there. That makes sense. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Love to hear that you're already thinking in that direction. That's huge. <laughs> Trying to. <laughs> people, yeah. Well, a lot of gym owners just refer out for it, you know, mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to like the nutrition stuff, everybody gets like scared about it, you know, but it's easy to kind of work around the system there. You know, if you're just making meal plan suggestions to people, then typically that's okay. You know, if yes. you're not, um, obviously it's, it's a little bit outside of the scope of practice to, develop a, a very specific meal plan for somebody if you're not a dietitian, but if exactly. you're marking it as a, a suggested meal plan, you know, then that kind of yeah. covers you. So, yeah. um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of opportunity there to provide those higher levels of service and, and keep it under the same roof, you know, and then there's so many yeah. people as well that refer out for supplements. And it's like, if you do that the, the right way, if you keep it in-house the right way, then there can be a lot of opportunity to provide another stream of revenue for the business. Um, typically you've got to make sure your margins are good though, because a lot of times when we talk about supplements and holding stock, it's like, we're spending mm -hmm. a lot of money to get the products and yeah. have them on the shelves. And then a lot of times they don't move. So if you can get into a situation where you can drop ship supplements to your client, oh, that'd be cool then that is typically the margins are a lot better there and you don't have to hold on to product because yeah. a lot of times it's like you hold on to it for a while and then it goes bad and you're kind of stuck with it and you're making like yeah. one or two dollars on supplements so Dude, that's 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 something we've talked about is i've leaned more towards uh even like with apparel i've leaned more towards like drop ship mentality um just because like you're saying then i don't have to order 30, 40 shirts. And it's right. like, well, what if they don't sell? Then I'm stuck with, you know, 200, $300 worth of stuff just sitting behind my counter versus right. if I do drop ship. And that's where we're trying, we're trying to figure that out because my father-in-law is more old school. So he's like, no, you go into a boxing gym. They've got gloves, they got wraps, they got, you know, they got the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, but that's more old school. Not what if it doesn't sell, you know? So like, so we're, tr we're still negotiating that part out. Yeah. I'm more like, let's just do drop ship everything. And he's yeah. like, no. So it's <laughs> like, eh, we'll, we'll figure it out though. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can kind of meet in the middle and just have like one product example. Yeah, that's gym, true. Yeah. You know, so that people can touch it. They can feel it. They can see what the product is, but you're not holding on to a bunch of stock. Cause that's exactly what happens, you know, especially with like, 
t-shirts and things of that nature. It's like you order a bunch and then you're stuck with like four or five random sizes that nobody ever wants yeah, to buy, you know? Exactly. And then yep. it's like, you just have this random slew of stuff. Or it's always like the stuff that you're like, oh, I think this is going to sell so quick and it doesn't. And then the stuff you didn't think was going to sell all of a sudden does. And it's like, so, right. you know, managing a gym before made it so that I kind of saw that with like, oh, well, merchandising, it's hard to, I mean, over time, you can see certain things that continuously sell, but at the beginning, it's like, Hey, we're just doing a broad stroke, right? What's going to happen and who's going to like what. And it's like, so at the beginning for us, that's where I've been the one that's more hesitant of like, but I like that idea. That's a good one. It's just get yeah. one or two in store. So people see it and right. uh, then, then you have, you know, the rest online. So that's fine. I appreciate exactly. that suggestion. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I did. Um, yeah with the supplements and with not so much with the retail, I should have done that with the retail. Cause that would happen to me. You know, I would get stuck with like a three XL and some random shirt that would never sell, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you're just spending a bunch of money on that with not great margins. And it just doesn't really make sense. But yeah. with the supplements, that's what I did. You know, it's like, I just had a stack of empty bottles. So they could hold the product. They could look at it, see what it was, you know, That's but smart. then everything yeah. drop shipped from there. Yeah. So much That's better. Smart. Yeah. Much better situation there. So that's how you guys can like meet in the middle there. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, all right. So one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? What's one of the most important things you've learned thus far in gym ownership? Ooh, um, wow. I've learned so much. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see. I would say have, uh, first off, I know everyone, most people say this, but one, just do it. Um, that's, that's a big thing is, uh, but also along with just, just doing it and jumping in, I would say, uh, have a plan, um, really sit down, um, take time, think out your business structure, think out what, you, what do you want uh, your gym to be? And um, what do you want it to be known for? And how are you going to do it? Uh, you know, like, what are your KPIs? What are your goals, long term and short term? Um, because those were things we didn't do. Uh, <laughs> so we jumped in, and we just went for it. And so that cost us a lot of money and a lot of time. Um, mm -hmm. But now knowing those things, uh, really, I would say if someone's going to step in, absolutely take the plunge. It's worth it. It's awesome. But, but be educated and plan beforehand. Right. Yeah, definitely a good piece of advice there. They say education costs money, right? And yes, <laughs> it's so true. It costs time and it costs money. Yes, um, it does. And, you know, in the beginning, those are two things that are, are challenging, you know, because when you're starting out to be very you know, limited, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of funds to uh, throw toward the business. So Not it can definitely be challenging. Um, but also, you know, along those same lines, keeping an open mind, you know, mm. to what's possible because, yes. you know, you tend to get so caught up in, your idea of how you think things should go, right? Like even the example of you talking about the retail, like you're thinking that one product is going to sell really well and it doesn't. And then one product that you didn't think was going to sell really well does, you know, that can happen yeah. too within your business plan, you know, yeah, and absolutely. it's important to keep in mind um, 
that you've got to adapt. And this industry yeah. is constantly changing and growing and evolving. And we've really seen that over the last two years or so. And Seriously. the importance of <laughs> adapting and, you know, changing yeah. along with the industry. Totally. So definitely important there as well. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So uh, you can find, I would say my gym first, uh, Warhorse. So it's uh, uh, Warhorse or at Instagram, it's at W-A-R-H-O-R-S-E, Warhorse Fit. Um, that's going to be our Instagram page for the gym itself. Uh, my Instagram is uh, the Norris Man. So it's uh, the, and then my last name, Norris, and, the, and then man, and that's my Instagram. Perfect. All righty. So Johnny from Warhorse Fitness Center in Temecula, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. And this was awesome. A lot of fun. Perfect. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Eric Wefthoven of Alpha Omega Gyms, coming to you from Toledo, Ohio. Eric, what's going on, my man? How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys today? I am tremendous. This is kind of a an offshoot of our normal process in, in that this gym has not officially launched yet. Most of the way there, we're 99% of the way there with a few codes and, and permit things holding us up a bit. But Eric, I'm interested and I want to I wanna go back in time a little bit. And so help us out. When did the entire idea of this formulate? When did Alpha Omega Gym spark in your brain? Hey, I'm going to launch this thing. Um, it's probably been about three years, I'd say. It started just about three years ago. Um, we had, I say we, a, a personal training client at that point in time and myself um, had got to talking, older gentleman, uh, we were doing a lot of rehabilitative work on his hip, um, his back. He's probably had more surgeries than they got names for at this point, but uh, we're just, just trying to get him back to a point where he can move and function on a daily basis. Um, he really was appreciative of the work we were able to do as far as getting him back to that point. Um, rehabilitated him from a shoulder surgery after that. Um, 
was actually able to reach a personal goal and be able to bench press again, you know, within two to three months after that. So um, long story short, he and I had began discussions about, you know, what's wrong with gyms? Why, why do people jump from gym to gym? Why, why is there such a overturn in personnel, in, in clientele, all of it? You know, and, and we got to talking about that. I was talking with um, a good personal trainer that, that I was managing at the time as well. And we started plotting some things out. We started, we had a, a complete design for the existing gym that we were in on, on what we were going to do with that gym if, in fact, we had the opportunity to purchase it. Um, and then COVID hit. So, so that was fun. <laughs> and the best laid plans go awry. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, we circled back around after everyone is able to, you know, get under, get out from under house arrest and, and, and get back to their normal life again. And um, this really started to steamroll um, late 2021. And we started to get some ideas put together. We found a space. And now we're sitting on the precipice of actually being able to open the doors and welcome the public in. Yeah. And so soon to be, right? When did you find the location for this or, or when you were looking for a commercial space? Let me ask the question this way. What was important for you guys? What were some non-negotiables that we were actually looking for in a location? Yeah, <clears throat> the location had to be open. Uh, there wasn't, you know, it had to be open space. We had the idea of creating a playground for personal trainers to be able to thrive and to be able to make an honest day's work without getting gouged. So being able to have enough open space for a number of personal trainers, class instructors to be able to operate simultaneously was important. We talked about downsizing and down, you know, and, and scaling down the business model. That never really worked, you know. Our funds were relatively limited, so we wanted to make sure we didn't price ourselves out and, and grab too big a facility and then not have enough equipment. So it was always, you know, there's a balancing act that goes along with that. And we got to talking one day and I said, you know, what would really separate this thing is if we had the ability to put in an outdoor playground. We've got all these people locally that participate in Tough Mudder runs, Spartan races. They like, you know, the calisthenics of you know, the American Ninja Warrior stuff, the obstacles that these people are doing and the amount of body control and strength that they exhibit. It's enticing, especially the younger, younger athletes. And we started to run with that idea. And luckily enough, we came across an area that were able to actually do that. So half of the, you know, half of the square footage that we have outside, we're going to devote to putting together this, this obstacle course with, you know, probably a dozen different obstacle stations for them to hone their skills on. Yeah. The other half we're going to use for strongman for outside, you know, yeah. where you've got your medleys and, you know, different, different, different. Plenty of ways to have fun. Yeah. yeah, you got it. So, We've got an indoor space. We've got an outdoor space. Now, as you mentioned, haven't yet gotten the doors officially opened yet, but have you guys started selling like pre-sale memberships or anything like that? 
Pre-sale is we've got the pricing and everything ready to go. It's just a matter of syncing everything together, our point of sale system with the website. Uh -huh. we're, not, we're not fully staffed at this point in time. I don't have people sitting at a front desk that's that are just waiting for people to walk in. So Okay, so uh, sales so, will, will be routed through the website in which people can sign up pretty much on their own. We don't need a sales team in place. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. They'll be able to do it through obviously all the social channels and yep. direct them straight to the website and run right through our, our POS system. Yeah. Now without a sales team in place or a face-to-face -face interaction, the focus becomes even more so on the marketing and the lead generation to get the word out in the first place. Right. And so what, what are we doing or what are we planning to do to drive that message to people. You mentioned social media. Is that sort of the, the foundation of all of this? Well, that's, that's been the hub of it of initially. You know, we, we've stayed away from, from paid ads as long as we've been able to. You know, I don't, I don't believe in jumping into those when you've got nothing to show, you know. So once the equipment started to roll in and once we were able to get everything put together and get the place looking like an actual gym, it was just an empty warehouse it was time to start you know kind of kind of giving sneak peeks here and there and you know i imagine what we will end up doing once we're able to get our occupancy permit is you know have kind of play days for people to come in and check the place out before we you know officially open and, and, and dust everything off for one last time yeah and you know obviously then then we walk into paid marketing we are doing some because we've got some televisions and we're going around and doing some ad space sales for local businesses here in toledo one of the things that was very important to us was to make sure that this stayed as a community-based gym you know i don't want a bunch of chain advertisements i don't need to advertise for a chain i need to advertise for the people that are like ourselves, you know, the mom and pop shops, the small, the small franchises that, that really want to invest in the community and, and give back to it. So that's been important for us. And we would like to recognize those people and be able to, you know, help them advertise their services as well. Yeah. And, and so plenty of ways to, to make money with this. That's sort of the exciting part is that there's so many different routes that you can go haven't yet started doing paid ads, but sort of see it coming down the pipeline for you guys as a strategy soon, yeah. because yeah. we actually have something to advertise now. I think that's sort of key to all of this. Now, let me ask you this, because it, it's interesting being given this sort of model. Do you guys have uh, an estimate for how many members we think we can have or, or even what break even is how, like what's the what's the targets that we have in mind in terms of how many people we can serve well it's interesting based on our our business model is set up where in our personal trainers are our subcontractors they're they're self-employed so we allow them the opportunity to to make as much as as they're willing to um it, it's a rent space model for us so you know the number of trainers that we have, obviously that, that helps, helps us get toward that, that break even line. We anticipate us needing probably 300 members for break even. 
Okay, so that's at least the first target. And then sort of longer term here, Eric, given the size of the building and, and the resources that you'll have available, is there a, a cap that you have in I mind? Think, hey, we think we yeah, build I think we cap out. I think we cap out there at 500. 500. Before we, before we go to the landlord and go, hey, we need more space. Yeah, build me a bigger building, <laughs> right? There's always yeah. a way to serve more people. I'm just talking about the given the resources that we have at least today. Yeah. Um, so 500 I, is the number for you guys. Is that right? I, I'm comfortable with, and I say 500, and I, I mean that because, I mean, you've got this model out there in the statistics that tend to support it, that if you've got 1,000 members, you've got 100 regular customers. Um, I'm trying to change that narrative. <laughs> because of how our how our brand is being built and what we're able to offer inside the gym i want to at least double if not triple that regular member rate oh so yeah if, if i'm saying i want 500 members i'm i'm looking to have close to 150 to 200 people in there every day yeah you know? i think there's there was a really interesting paradigm shift through even a little bit before COVID, but COVID was really the catalyst for this, where gyms like this before the idea was how many members can we get? How many bodies can we shove through the doors? How high can we get this count to yeah. where I think it's now a little bit different and okay, maybe we don't need 2000, 5,000, 10,000 members, but we've got this pocket of people that we are loyally serving. They're paying their membership with complete consistency and at the same time we can serve them at an even higher level providing other things that we know they're going to spend money on anyway right things like right. pt things like group training things like nutrition coaching supplements xyz whatever else it is retail food drinks all of these options we know they're spending money on them if we can keep it under one roof and really 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 deliver value to the popular 500 to 500 people we can still create a really, really successful business, but we don't have the headache of serving 5,000 people. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big believer in value and what we can provide to the consumer to make them loyal. You know, there's an old, there was an old 70s and 80s, I think, sitcom, you know, Cheers. You know, it, it's kind of hokey, but... I fully expect our trainers, our staff, the owners, and the other members of the gym to know everybody that's there, you know, and it, for, for it to be that type of atmosphere day in and day out, you know, and if we're able to do that and provide that kind of community atmosphere to where everybody knows everyone and supports everyone, you know, our revenue per member is going to be significantly higher. And, and that's a more, more sustainable metric, model. Right. A, a, a much more usable metric than just sheer EFT revenue. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a much better reflection of the quality of the business to track revenue per member, as you said. And so, Eric, this is a fun question because we're, we're sort of into hypothetical here. We get to 500 members. It, it's come, and, and now what? 
What's sort of the next step? And, and this is hypothetical. We haven't even sold one membership yet, but say we get to 500. What comes next for you? What's sort of the big picture here? The next step is, you know, as long as we've done it right and we learn from the mistakes that we've made in, in this first go run, it's a, it's a rinse and repeat. You know, it's got to be a scalable, scalable business model. You know, maybe there's location number two that comes out in a different part of town. Maybe there, maybe we look for a bigger building. Maybe we are able to stay in the existing building and expand and offer additional services. We've talked already <clears throat> about making space available in the near future for a yoga studio along with this. Mm. It, because it's a little more holistic or almost like a, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a business out there already but basically assisted stretching, you know, to where we can, we can expand our demographic and start reaching, reaching some older, older clientele that don't necessarily want to be swinging kettlebells or putting something over their head at this point, but they want to still be able to put their hand behind their head without any kind of pain. So generating some group activities and being able to reach out to senior living communities and get those people active day in and day out is, is a whole nother avenue that's going to be very prevalent, especially as the baby boomers continue to age into retirement and into the Medicare system. We've got yep. to figure out a way to keep those people healthy. Yep. Spot on. And, and like I said, it's a fun conversation to have because there are so many fitness is such a unique industry because there are so many different modalities that we can expand into. Like you said, there are a never ending option for, for where we can go with this. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. And so for you, it'll be, it'll be an interesting journey. I think we're very, very early on and right at sort of step one in tracking all of this, but Eric, it's a, it's a fun conversation to have, and I think it'll be exciting to see how this shapes up for you here as you get a little bit more experience as the owner of this facility. Now, it's a good place for us to start to wrap things up, but before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this. You mentioned a website. You mentioned social media. Where can people go to learn more about Alpha Omega? Yeah, the easiest part is to go straight to uh www.alphaomegagyms.com that is the website that is obviously still under construction you can find us on facebook at alpha omega gym you can find us on uh instagram as well uh alpha underscore omega underscore gym and um, perfect. We got, no, we got nothing on Twitter at this point. I mean, we're no not, I'm not, I'm not a Twitter kind of guy. I, Unnecessary. <laughs> you hit the platforms that we need you to hit. Connect with Eric and Alpha Omega on the platforms that he just mentioned. Like I said, Eric, I really appreciate your time and, and a little bit of an insider sneak peek into what this is going to be. I think this is a fascinating conversation to see something shape and, and take place right before our eyes. So, I yeah. can't, I can't thank you enough. I wish you nothing but the best. We'll have to get you back on a year from now and, and see how this whole thing looks and, and pick your brain at that point. How does that sound? Yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm up for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
If you don't mind, because there's one thing I can add real quick. Please go ahead. You know, I mean, I, I hate to jump in like that. I know we're trying to wrap up, but I alluded earlier to the whole community involvement and how I wanted to keep everything local. Um, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew. It is on the website, but, but in case they don't get there to check it out, everyone from fire police, military, medical, first responders, senior citizens, just know that there are membership discounts available out there. We actually cut the membership in half for them at that point, just because we want to make sure that we're giving back to those that give so much to us. Mm. Yeah, love that. And so check out Eric and check out Alpha Omega Gyms. Like I said, my man, I, I really appreciate it. I can't thank you enough. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Well, I appreciate that very much. You guys have been very kind to have us on. Absolutely. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.